Hi, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I had to let you know, like I'm literally bursting at the seams, that on March 13th, Scouts Agency is launching something major. We have been working on this for months, all with the intention to serve your business expansion and catapult your brand awareness. Now, If you want to have first access at our early bird pricing plus access to bonuses, sign up on our waitlist at scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. There will be limited spots available, so if you've been ready to go from the plateaued business owner to the visible visionary, you're going to want first access. Again, that's scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. S-C-O-U-T-S-A-G-E-N-C-Y dot com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Thank you so much for pressing play and joining me in this space of Scout Podcast. If this is your first time here, welcome, welcome. I'm Scout, the host of this podcast. Um, Lots of mental health ramblings, entrepreneurial stuff, and spirituality. So it is Thursday morning and I forgot, or I should say, I am in the middle of a burnout situation, which I am not proud of. I am not boasting. I am actually kicking myself in the butt right now for putting myself in this situation. And it is something that I want to talk about, I think, on next week's episode, just how I have been navigating burnout and the systems I'm putting in place to rebalance and reset myself without necessarily having to cancel every little thing on my calendar, although that would be super great. Um, Sometimes we do have commitments that we have to show up to, so how I'm infusing rest in between those commitments. So once I'm more out of this fog, I think I'll have like a little system that I can talk about for next week's episode. But for today's episode, I am releasing the episode of um, Big Sister Podcast. So Gabrielle, who is the host of Big Sister Podcast, reached out to me to interview me for her podcast. And I really enjoyed the interview so much. I know I posted one last week of my interview on How Do You Do Podcast, um, which was more entrepreneurial. This one with Gabby was a lot more mental health focused. So I just really appreciated the opportunity to be asked questions about my philosophy on mental health. And especially we get into what I would tell someone who is dealing with depression and anxiety and doesn't know how to pick themselves out or swim out or dance, move out. So I thought that it was a really purposeful and beautiful conversation that I thought should also be shared to this community here. So I asked her if I could grab the recording. She said, yes, she's lovely. Um, I love that she is only 20 years old and yet she is tackling um, conversations like mental health and wellness. Um, I think the conversation of mental health is definitely being passed down or trickling down to even the next generation. When I was 20, these conversations were not being had. 20 was the year I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and there were no Instagram accounts, podcasts, 
um, even blogs that really, really touched upon mental health in a way that was relatable and valid and on point and all of the things. And so what Gabby's doing with her podcast, Big Sister, I commend so much. And the conversation that we had together was so beautiful. So I am so excited to release it here for you guys to listen. And if you are interested, go check out Big Sister Podcast um, by Gabrielle. Rate her five stars too. Might as well plug another girl in the content creation space. And I hope you enjoy and I hope you find value in this episode. Hopefully some inspiration to really tackle your mental health and and infuse a little bit more joy into your life. I think that was a really big takeaway from this episode. So as always, if you relate to this podcast or find value in this episode, I would so appreciate it if you would text it to a friend in need and rating, reviewing and subscribing to Scout Podcasts really makes my world go round. So I appreciate you. I love you and enjoy my interview on Big Sister Podcast. Okay. So hi, Scout. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to have you. Okay. So we're going to start with your shot of happiness and that's just something that's been making you happy recently. Something that's been making me happy recently, which I can't believe I've gotten to this point in my life because I think it makes me old or I don't know what, but what makes me really happy is going into my garden and picking fresh leaves, oranges, vegetables, whatever it might be, and directly cooking it. I, after um, kind of using, I have all these greens in my garden, using them as lettuce for salad. I bought like a, from Trader Joe's, one of those, like a kale salad, kale, whatever. And it was packaged and it's organic and fresh and everything, but it just tastes so different from the stuff from my garden. So kind of that farm to table vibe is what's making me happy. I love that. Okay. Content you've been consuming, which is just a show you've been watching, a book you've been reading, Instagram you follow, anything like that. So right now I'm watching Friends. I have never watched Friends and my sister Mads, who I co-host OKSIS podcast with, is like a Friends enthusiast. So (laughs) I have jumped on the bandwagon. I think I'm towards the end of season two, but it's kind of what I put on after work every day. Gotcha. Uh, Me and my sister, we watched it all the way through a few summers ago for the first time. So yeah, it's fun. It's so relatable. Even, you know, I know it was made however long ago, not that long ago, but still the world shifts so much. It really is a very relatable show. Yeah, it's great. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I I love it. It's like a very relatable, like I'm at the point where Ross tells Rachel about his sexual fantasy with Princess Leia. And so Monica goes and tells Phoebe, obviously. And Ross is like, you tell your girlfriends everything? I was like, yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then what you're sipping on, if you have anything to sip on while we record. So right now I have water and then I'm almost done with my second cup of coffee. I have like a whole routine with the liquids that I drink. So since we're recording at 1030 a.m. my time, this is the finishing the second cup of coffee and drinking water phase. Okay. Okay. So just introduce yourself and kind of what your message is across your platforms. Yeah, so I am Scout Sobel. Um, I am the co-host of OKSIS podcast with my sister, where we chat about all things personal development, mental health, lifestyle, skincare, and talk to rad female guests. 
I am also the founder of Scouts Agency, which is a PR agency that focuses on female voices, entrepreneurs, personal brands, uh, female-owned products, female-oriented products, and we kind of specialize in podcast PR as well, which is really fun. Um, and then I also uh, have my own podcast called Scouts, which is where I just ramble on about mental health, spirituality, and entrepreneurship. Uh, I think a common thread between all of the things I do is that I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at the age of 20 and had my first depressive episode at the age of 14. Um, and so with that, uh, living with a mental illness, I would say being in recovery and healing from a mental illness is something that really paints all aspects of my life and kind of brings the perspective or it is the perspective I bring to the room. So I like across my platforms to really be um, mentally health conscious, uh, have a very large focus on healing, as well as looking at life as beautiful and accepting the entirety of it, as well as delving into the human experience and the breadth of human emotion. So even in my professional career, uh, I bring in a lot of you know, exercises like being in alignment with my clients and making sure everybody emotionally feels great. And so um, I feel as if I'm able to be 100% myself, even in professional settings, which is truly a dream come true. I love that. I love your podcast, by the way, your scout well, and, and OK Sis, but scout really, really helps a lot. So. Oh, yeah, I wasn't I was I started scout podcast is just because you know, Mads doesn't have a mental illness and there's a lot of specific content that I think that personally fuels my soul up, but just, okay, this is not the place to bombard right. all of that with. So I started Scout Podcast, but I didn't put parameters on it. I wasn't consistent. It was very spur of the moment. And then I realized that it is a place that fills me up so much. So I am giving myself three months to consistently post every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, and since doing that, I've felt a lot of personal healing as well as a connection to the community of people who are looking for mental health content. I actually, um, I wanted to talk about your episode you uploaded Tuesday, I believe. I listened to it. Um, and it's, I think it was Matthew McConaughey. He was nervous for an interview and it was the producer or the guy who was hosting the interview or someone, he said, you have to want to be here. And I lost someone to suicide, not to get like deeper or whatever, but like um, a year ago on Monday. And so when that came out on Tuesday, that like shifted my whole day. And it kind of shifted how I think about how I, you know, I do want to be here and I want to be here for him, you know? And um, so I just wanted to thank you for that episode right away. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, nothing's too deep with me. I, I've, you know, suffered from suicidal ideation and voices in my head telling me to kill myself. And I think when I heard that phrase and I, and I don't even think it was meant to be translated into the way that I've now adopted the meaning of that phrase. Um, you know, the host, Matthew McConaughey asked the host, I'm nervous. Do you have any tips? And the host said, I'll tell you what, what, you know, will make this successful, no matter what, you just have to want to be here. Mm -hmm. And that just struck a chord in me so much. So, and I realized after kind of adopting that mantra of, I want to be here. And then, you know, things tested me, like my dog died suddenly and 
I had a lot of other personal things happen. It was just like a lot of disappointing news. And I said, okay, well, I already committed to wanting to be here. Does this mean that I have to want to be here through grief and through loss and through disappointment? And the answer is yes, you know, yes. So we do have to want to be here even when shit hits the fan. We have to want to be here when things get really tough. And if we truly do want to be here, you know, you don't look at your partner, your significant other, if you have one and say, I only want you at your best. That's not, that's not reality. It's not unconditional love. And so why do we look at our lives like that? Like we only want it when it's beautiful and happy and successful. And so I found a lot of meaning in the lows because I truly do want all of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That like changed my whole perspective in like 15 minutes. It was, yeah, it was great. Um, yeah. So you talked to, and you're on your podcast, your individual one about being addicted to depression. And I've, I've felt that like I have depression and anxiety and I felt like I'm definitely in like the recovering stages of it. And I'm like in the process of like talking to my therapist about weaning off my meds and everything like that. And like, so I'm doing really well. Um, But I definitely felt like in the last like two or three years, I felt addicted to my depression also. So why don't you tell us more about that and your experience with it? Yeah, so the idea that we're addicted to our depression is not something I think that most people want to hear. I think it can be quite triggering, but I like to unpack it and to invite you if it does trigger you to kind of see beyond, beyond, um, beyond that trigger you know, mentally, people that suffer, live with, whichever verb you want to use with mental illness, uh, we're told, which is correct, 100%, that it's a chemical imbalance in our brain and it's a disease. That is true. I'm not refuting that fact whatsoever. But the thing about it is that at some point, we have to take ownership of the cards that we were dealt Um, so at times people would say, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And that would further enable me to just sit because if it's not my fault, I'm a helpless victim and there's nothing I can do. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, someone with cancer would never do that. They wouldn't just say, well, I have cancer. It's not my fault. There's nothing I can do. You know, they fight, they get the chemo treatment, they do all the things. And so it should be no different for a mental illness. I always say we might not have control over the emotional state of our our mind or the way our emotions currently control us, but we do have control over what we do about that. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I was 100% addicted to my depression. Um, It kept me very comfortable and it kept my life in a very safe, albeit not moving space, right? So I got a fuck ton of attention, right? Like constantly from my parents, from my family, from my friends. It was like, drop everything and go to scout side because she's in so much pain and she needs help and, you know, drive in the middle of the night and pick her up and all these things. So I got constant attention from being depressed and having psychotic, you know, symptoms and psychosis and all of the things. Um, It also helped me not view life with a reality lens. I was void of all responsibility because my mental illness was so hard that I couldn't hold a job, that I couldn't go to school. So therefore I was able to stay small and stay very childlike and get taken care of. 
and not take responsibility over my life. Um, I also got so comfortable in the pain to a point that the pain felt like home. Mm -hmm. So getting out of that pain would be painful, but it was a different type of pain. And I was like, well, I know this pain, pain A. I don't really feel like learning about pain B. So, you know, healing is painful. It requires a certain opening and cracking open of your soul and, and um, really looking at your ego and the shadows of your life. So, you know, my mental illness started as something that put a dent in my daily life and I didn't know how to deal with it. There were things that happened that were very serious. Like I developed a severe sense of paranoia that men were following me home in my car, under my bed. I mean, I was losing touch with reality and, and those things need medical attention. Mm -hmm. I was 51, 50, et cetera. But then it got to a point where, you know, my brain was feeding me these chemicals, these chemical reactions so often that it became my permanent state of being and to get out of it is difficult, right? So, you know, if you have to lose a hundred pounds, that's a really hard journey ahead of you. It's not like a two week thing. It's not even a three month thing. It's like a life thing. And you have right. to uproot all of your habits, all of your rituals, all of your practices, everything you've known, get your emotional self in order, all these things. And so the healing, I knew what I had to do, but it felt so big. It felt so long, you know? And so I became addicted to the feeling of just sitting and wallowing and getting taken care of having excuses to not do things I didn't want to do. And so I truly, it stripped all responsibility and I didn't have to show up for my life. And so once I realized that is when I was, when I kind of came to a point of, oh, it's taken over my life so much that I'm actually, this is home. Like this is home yeah. for me. And is this, is this the home that I want for my life? Like, you know, is this going to be cute at the age of 40? Right. Like, you know, at, at 22, there's, there's a certain amount of things you can get away with. Mm -hmm. um, at 29, it's like, I'm in a fucking marriage, like show up, you know, right. take care of myself. And so that can sound blunt and harsh, um, but you have to get to a point where you, you want to change the home that you live in. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I know um, I've talked about it on my podcast, a couple, a couple, I'm like a mental health podcast, but like, my personal like story with it and like I in 20 from 2018 to about late 2019 early 2020 I wasn't working either um because of my anxiety and stuff and um so yeah so your your message really just speaks to me and it's really like helpful to hear it from someone else other than your family too you know to hear you have to want to show up for yourself and you have to you have to want to get better and um so yeah, so it's, it's helpful. Um, what are some of your favorite or like favorite, like most used like coping skills for your depression? Yeah, so my most used coping skills, I have a routine that's insane. And so mm -hmm. it, it totally didn't happen overnight. It's been accumulation of years of trying things out and seeing what works for me. So um, I used to have a lot of resistance when people talked about the tools that they use, the daily things they did, because I would be my first reaction was like, fuck, I have to do that too. Like, why do I have to do all these things just to feel better, right? Um, and so I was in a state of resistance, but really the alternative to not doing these things is sitting in depression and anxiety and ruining your life. So it's a very small 
price to pay for inner peace, in my opinion. So if you're listening to this and you feel resistant to doing all these things, like truly ask yourself why, like, are you ready to do what it takes to feel better? So the things that I do every single day, I'm big on routines. Um, the first thing I do every morning is morning pages, which I believe has been so instrumental in my growth. I've had the most emotional growth and healing this year that I've ever had in my entire life. And um, I've actually journaled probably three times more than I ever have. I've always journaled my whole life, but this time I just like filled up a fat notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so I journal every single morning, one to two pages. I don't have journal props. I just, you know, subconsciously write uh, just whatever comes to mind. And sometimes it's literally like, I'm tired, I'm groggy, this coffee tastes good, like whatever, right? Just write and things come through, energy moves over time, et cetera. So that's one of my favorite processing and um, kind of reflective tools. Um, Something else that I've just recently gotten into, and I think it's because I've come to a point in my mental health where I feel stable or more stable or safer and more confident in myself is that I'm really paying attention to my physical body. So um, treating it properly, feeding it nutrients, getting in water, like drinking a lot of water, taking my adaptogens, my supplements, moving it very, you know, moving my body, not for exercise sake, but just to move my body. Um, so like 20 minute walks, 20 minute Pilates sessions, whatever it might be. So that's a really, really great, uh, I don't know if coping mechanism is the right word, but ritual that I do. Um, I also do a lot of inner check-ins and the best way to do that is to pull cards, I believe. So I have the inner compass cards is uh, the deck I, I always recommend. So if I just feel like I need an intention for the day or to kind of go within, I'll pick a card and, and reflect on the messaging there. Um, I do a lot of alone time. So I like to put my phone away um, and read, you know, every night before going to bed. I like to get outside as much as possible. I like to disconnect as much as possible and get really still and come home to myself. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a million bajillion other things that I do, including like even my skincare routine is sacred. Like that's my time. That's my time where I pamper myself and treat myself to beautiful products that are not only um, smell good and are really high quality, but are also clean and sustainable and all of the things that make me feel nourished up inside. So I find the things that make me feel connected to myself and not distracted and not chaotic. And I infuse them into my daily life, you know, consistently. That's really important too. Also gratitude, duh. Expressing gratitude. And then if you want to get woo-woo, I'm super spiritual. I will go on record and say that believing in a higher power has saved and changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so praying also is a really, a really big component of my daily life. Yeah. I like how you said um, to not distract yourself, but to be like connected with yourself. I really like that. Um, what is some advice um, you would have for people who are kind of not stuck but feel stuck in depression and anxiety and like, what advice would you have for someone who just feels like there's no light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah. So, you know, the world that we see every day is colored by our perceptions, by our traumas, by our past collective experiences. So what you're seeing right now is I don't want to say what you've chosen to see, but if you continue seeing it, you're choosing to continue seeing it. 
but it's kind of this big projection of the puzzle of your life. And so once you recognize the power of perspective, how you can look at a tree and see bark and green things, or you can look at a tree and see life force that's about to nourish you with the fruits, right? Mm -hmm. There's just ways to infuse magic into the way that you see things. And I would argue, I might even go on the record and guarantee this, that if you feel like there's no hope for you and you're at the end of the tunnel, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, that you're overlooking a lot of good in your life, mm -hmm. that you're choosing to not see that good, that you're choosing to focus on the negativity. And that doesn't mean that by focusing on the beauty of life or the good things that are in your life, that you're not going to feel shitty mm -hmm. because you are like, we're just always going to feel shitty. Like it's just a part of life that shitty feelings come to us. But if you, you know, humans are so amazing that we can hold pain and joy at the same time. Mm -hmm. So there's room for joy. I'm not telling you to take away the pain, but just add joy. I'm not, I'm not threatening your pain. Let it sit there for as long as you need it to, but add in joy and see what happens. Does getting into downward facing dog outside on the grass feel good to you? Does reading for 10 minutes a day feel good to you? can you look around and say, this person in my life is a good thing? Or the fact that these jeans fit me really nice is a good thing. Or the fact that I can see the sunset tonight is a really good thing. We choose to not see the good things. And so if it feels really overwhelming to you, I'm not asking, I'm not threatening to take away your pain and I'm not asking you to disrupt it and figure out how to get it away. I'm just asking you to infuse 10 minutes of joy into your life and think about a few things that make you happy in your life. You know, what will happen is that, for example, I'll use food as an example. When I have, when my diet gets really bad, instead of restricting and taking away the foods that aren't good for me, I just add in foods that are good. So I'll add in a side of sauteed veggies to the cheeseburger I'm eating. Mm -hmm. And slowly what happens is that your brain's gonna want the sauteed veggies more. And you'll just start having that take over your diet very slowly. So um, I would challenge you to find joy and joy does not have to be a promotion. It does not have to be a title. It does not have to be money in the bank. Those are all things that will never bring you fulfilling joy. I'm talking micro, right? Like I'm talking like, God damn, that cup of coffee was good this morning. Yeah. That's, that's where the magic is. For sure. You were just so like, like, it's like philosophical. Like it's like, like, <laughs> it's just, it's so helpful. And I'm so glad that you came on today to kind of share with us because, you know, I, I can rant and rave on my podcast for you know, 20 minutes at a time, but you know, just the way you put things is so eloquent and I just really appreciate you coming on no, to, to help you. people. Yeah. Um, and where can they find you? What is your social media, your accounts and everything? Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. Um, you can find my podcast, Scout Podcast, which is really where you're going to hear content, like the ones that we're talking about right now. And I so appreciate the opportunity to be interviewed because I think that the delivery and the energy and the messages I have when I'm being interviewed are very different to the energy that I bring forth on my podcast. 
And so it makes me happy. You know, there's always different ways that we can express ourselves and think about things and different mediums bring out different aspects of that. And so doing things like this really lights me up. So, um, but if you're looking for more of my messaging, Scout Podcast is a solo podcast where I just ramble about my mental health and where I'm at in life and what makes me feel good and what makes me feel sad and all of the things. So you can find that anywhere and at Scout Tobo on Instagram. Well, thank you so much. I just want to say too, I'm so proud of you. I just, it's, you're very inspiring and I am very proud of you. So thank you. That means so much. That really means a lot. And I'm proud of you. I mean, talking about these conversations, it's, it's just, it's just not had enough. It just really isn't. And it just boggles my mind. I think that the world would be so different if people were taught mental health, spiritual, emotionally nourishing practices at the age of five, 10, 13, you know? For sure. Yeah. Like when you need it most, when you're like 12 and 13, when you need to learn that stuff. So. Yeah. So your twenties don't have to be a total fucking shit show as you're yeah. trying to figure it out. <laughs> you're not falling apart until you're yeah. 25. Good Lord. But anyways, thank you so much, love. This was amazing. Of course. Thank you.